He's a native Texan, president of the Fredericksburg Tea Party, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get fooled again. He's Matt Long, and this is the Matt Long Show. Good morning, folks. So happy to be here with you, and a beautiful uh, spring morning in the hill country. And it uh, looks like it's one of those heat in the morning, AC in the afternoon days. And uh, I guess you're supposed to kind of let your unit rest a little bit when you switch from heat to AC in the house. But, uh, hey, I got a brand new heating AC unit in our place, so we're just going to bur- burn it down, man. Um, all right, so I'm um, so glad to be here. We have a great show lined up for you, of course, in a few minutes. It's Thursday, so we'll have Jody Gould on the program with us with Tejas Smoke Depot. And uh, then, uh, you know, I've said this many times before, I'll do a whole lot of planning and uh, prepping and then uh, wake up uh, in the morning and realize there's something else I'd rather do, and so I just toss all the work out the window. So uh, one of the segments this morning is uh, like that, and uh, I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to, listen, you're going to, this is going to be weird. I'm setting you up here. I'm going to give you the parallels between the tranny movement and... uh, Time zones and daylight savings. Yeah, there's a parallel between those two. See if you can figure that one out. We're going to talk about that at the bottom of the hour. And then crazy, believe it or not, uh, at, the bo- at the end of the last segment today, we're going to talk about 4-H. 4-H is going woke, folks. 4-H is going woke, and I mean full-time woke. So if you got uh, kids or family in 4-H, or if you were in 4-H and you thought it was a great program, which just about everybody in 4-H ever said, uh, make sure you're here um, at the last quarter of today's program because uh, I have to deliver you some very unfortunate news about your 4-H program. So let's get to the uh, the uh, uh, my uh, calendar here first. Tonight, tonight at Faith Baptist is one of your last opportunities in the Hill Country to see the mind polluters. And um, because after the end of March, it's going to be very difficult. You'll have to, well, you'll have to pay to go see that movie. Find a theater it's in and then go see it. So tonight, your last opportunity is to go to Faith Baptist Church. That's at uh, North State Highway 16. So you're in uh, Fredericksburg and you head towards Lano. That's Highway 16 out on the left, about three miles from Main Street at 3022 North State Highway 16 at Faith Baptist Church, 6 o'clock tonight for the very likely the last um, showing of mind polluters in the hill country. So um, that's tonight. Let's see, going on down the calendar, I don't have anything on the calendar until... Uh, the week after next, um, we have, or after next till next week, the uh, we do, I know that there are county and uh, Senate district uh, conventions uh, for the Republican Party all over the state this Saturday. Uh, some of you are will be having your precinct conventions um, before the uh, before the county or SD uh, convention. And so, the uh, Gillespie County already had their precinct meetings, 
And so that's done and taken care of. And so we'll have all the resolutions and all the business we did at the county. At the precinct convention, we'll go to the county convention this weekend. So make sure you check with your local Republican Party for the uh, where's and the how's and the what time and what to do and what to bring and all of that. And by the way, if you want to go to the state convention um, in Houston this June, it is, I would say it's imperative that you go to the county or your SD convention this weekend, but um, that would be the easiest route to take. I'm fairly certain that um, you can uh, get on the list if, uh, you know, after that, but you're, it's a long shot. So you need to go to the, the conventions this Saturday and uh, make sure you're a delegate to the state if that's what you want to do. Um, so looking on out further a week from this Saturday on uh, April the 2nd, got a couple of things on the calendar. First of all, here locally in front of the Kerr County Courthouse will be the first Saturday prayer where we pray for our nation, our state, our community, and uh, that is at 1 o'clock, first Saturday prayer in front of the court, uh, Kerr County Courthouse. I believe they do it where the flags are. Also this Saturday, if you happen to be going to Houston or if this is your thing, with um, if your thing is election integrity and you want to make a trip to Houston this weekend, <clears throat> then there's an amazing opportunity all day in Houston, the Freedom Gala, the Freedom Gala, um, is going to be uh, held all day Saturday in Houston. I believe it is at probably one of them fancy schmancy, uh, yeah, the Hyatt Regency on 1200 Louisiana Street in Houston. And uh, the speakers uh, uh, that are going to be there all day, uh, Mark Lindell with uh, Your Pillow or My Pillow, Our Pillow. At, at my house, it's called Our Pillow because when we got married, that was the contract that we made. There was no mine and yours, it was ours. So, we have our pillows from Mike Lindell um, will be speaking um, is the keynote speaker. Ken Paxton uh, will also be speaking. And the uh, the person who's putting this on and who is a tremendous backer of conservatives across the state of Texas, uh, Dr. Hotze. And then, of course, we've got Vidal Martinez, Russ Rett. The list goes on. John Beckmeyer. Weston Martinez, who, by the way, Weston, got he's going to be on the program, I believe, either next Thursday or Friday. And he's going to bring us some news on election integrity that is not, I'm going to get a scoop. I'm going to get a scoop on Thursday or Friday. I'm going to be, we're going to be releasing some information on this program that Wes uh, Martinez says uh, that is uh, very unknown about election integrity in the state of Texas. I don't have any idea what it is because he won't tell me yet. So that is uh, next week, and Weston Martinez will also be um, speaking at that event. If you want information on that, go to freedomgalatx.com, freedomgalatx.com. All right, four or five. That's uh, Tuesday, a week from Tuesday. There is going to be a heritageaction.com is going to have an election integrity training on the Zoom um, I think it would be a very good hour spent, and uh, we'll get you more details as that comes on. I would suggest going to Heritage Action and signing up for their newsletters so you can keep up to date on that. Then uh, on the 9th of April, we have uh, the Freedom Fest, and uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. I know I'll be there with the Hummer and the Hill Country Patriot. We'll be doing some live uh, broadcasting from there, and uh it's going to be a whole lot of fun. The first, uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, first annual Freedom Fest. I don't know if you call it the first annual one. 
it's the second one. Last year was the first one. Would that make this year the first annual or the second annual? The second annual. All right. Um, so there you go. That is on the ninth. We'll get you more details when we get closer to that. And um, give you a little bit of Franklin before we take off here. Let's see. I had a good one picked out. Um, let's see if I can find it now. You know, I started marking these in the book every time I now I got so many marks. I'm not sure which one I'm going to. Um, here we go. Oh, this is a good one. After feasts made, the maker scratches his head. And I guess all I could think of was uh, looking at the mess after Thanksgiving dinner. Um, after the dinner is made, <laughs> the maker scratches his head. All right, folks, y'all stay tuned. We will be right back. Folks, we are back. Thank you so much for staying tuned. I have on the line with me a very good friend, uh, the owner, operator, proprietor of the uh, Tejas Smoke Depot right here in Fredericksburg, Texas. Been in business for 25 years, I believe. Is that right? 25 years? 25 years, yes. There you go. So um, let me ask you a quick question. Uh, Supply chain issues, has that hit you? Is it still hitting you? bit not too not as bad as it was earlier there's certain products that we're still having a problem with and certain like um skews of beer mm. and, like swisher sweets like you know all the old school things that we carry forever that were easy to get are now harder to get so well what yeah, we're not sure well the reason i ask jody is because uh, the meth kitchens in uh, mexico mm-hmm. are are having a, a supply chain issue and uh, <laughs> Yeah, and so the price of meth may triple here. So anyway, I just wanted to check with your supply chain issue. So Tejas Smoke Depot, folks, Jody and uh, Dave, owner-operators, proprietors of that, they have been a supporter of uh, the Patriot Movement. The uh, Before the Fredericksburg Tea Party was formed, they were already Fredericksburg Tea Partiers. Uh, before it was even formed, they just didn't know it, and they have supported this program uh, almost since I went on the air, and I'm so gracious for that. So, Te- uh, Jody, tell us about Tejas Smoke Depot. Well, we're a tobacco store. Like you said, we've been in business now for 25 years. Uh, we sell a variety of tobacco products, start ranging from cigarettes, roll-your-own tobacco, fine cigars, under-premium cigars, pipe tobaccos, Snuff and chew, all the accessories that go along with all those tobacco needs, beer and wine, um, snacks and sodas, and of course water, ice, the newspaper, um, and just odds and ends of all kinds, you know, whatever appeals to our liking, um, bumper stickers, bandanas, you know, just a few little odds and other odds and ends, but mostly um, tobacco products. And you know, you have to be 21 to come in the door. That's right. Tobacco store. So, so if you got your kids in the truck, um, you know, if you have your kids in the truck, make sure the kids are in the cab and the dog is in the back, not the other way around. But if you have your kids in the truck, 
just drive on up to the Tejas Smoke Depot, make a counterclockwise drive around it, and that will uh, bring you right up to the window so you don't have to worry about locking your uh, keys in the car and having your 12-year-old drive off uh, while you're in buying a cigar. So that's uh, that's a good thing, that drive-by window. And um, the uh, tell us about your hours. Uh, we're open 8 to 8, Monday through Friday, and 9 to 7 on Saturdays and closed on Sundays. Closed on Sundays. Good for you. And uh, I have to tell you, folks, I am not a cigar smoker, but I love going into their walk-in humidor. The smell is absolutely awesome. And uh, if I, it's almost, if it's like a kid in a candy shop. If I were a cigar smoker, it would be like a kid in a candy shop in there. So one of the things that you guys do is uh, every week we have a phrase that pays. And if you use that phrase that pays when you go in, you will get a special discount on that purchase and then get your name put in the hat for a monthly drawing for another special prize. So uh, what is the phrase that pays for this week? Well, given everything that's going on in the world today, we decided to go with, and I think we've used this one before, but it's always a good one, God said be ready, not get ready. Okay, God said be ready. Not get ready. I, you know, I, that that's absolutely true. So uh, there's your phrase that pays. So when you go into the Tejas Smoke Depot and you're ready to make that fine cigar purchase and you've got that moon pie and Dr. Pepper for the kids and a newspaper for the, for the, uh, the uh, birdcage, whatever you need, and go up there and say, uh, God said be ready not get ready you'll get a discount and then your name in the hat for a drawing so jody um it's been great uh, did we miss anything i don't think so i think we kind of hit all the bases here all right well uh, y'all have a good one and uh, jody uh, thank you again for supporting uh, the hill country patriot my program and the fredericksburg tea party well you're welcome matt and thank you for all that you do all right, folks, so let's talk about this uh, shortage, this crisis that uh, the um, the kitchens, the MF kitchens are having in Mexico. There is a website called borderlandbeat.com, borderlandbeat.com. Um, there's a couple of things. At the very top, you will notice it says a blog dedicated to reporting on Mexican drug cartels on the border line between the U.S. and Mexico. So this is a very narrowly focused blog, right? I mean, it's like if you had a blog on origami, that's all you do is origami, right? So this is a blog that is only on focusing on Mexican drug cartels on the border line between the U.S. and Mexico. So right here in our backyard, essentially, they, um, if you look closely at it, every single one of the authors is uh, has a pseudonym. <laughs> In other words, they don't have a real name. And if you're wondering why, then you've, uh, well, I'm sorry. Uh, here, I'll tell you why. It's because journalists uh, who report the truth in Mexico get killed. It, it's as simple as that. So journalists in uh, Mexico, especially those anywhere dealing with uh, the uh, cartels, or anything on the border, um, they don't live long. And so I know that Breitbart has had a program for a number of years where they have now, I guess, uh, undercover secret reporters on the other side of the border. So does Borderland Beat. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if some of them are, some of those authors are shared. 
So this uh, article was written on the 17th of March, and it's in borderlandbeat.com. And um, this one was written by Ivan. Yep, no last name. In fact, they even put little uh, the little chinky marks over on either side. The uh, Yeah, those what marks over Ivan. Yeah, quotation marks. I guess that's better than the little chinky marks. <coughs> quotation marks around uh, Ivan. So you know it's not that's not his real name. Anyway, Ivan as a reporter has uh, managed to build relationships with the cookers with the uh, meth kitchens. And so he's actually as he writes this article, you'll realize that he's actually visiting these meth kitchens in Mexico and uh, asking them about what's going on. So apparently, here's the story. He says um this is from a cook uh, linked to the Sinaloa cartel. Says that uh, a, a couple of the crucial ingredients for the production of synthetic drugs, include, including fentanyl and methamphetamine, or as we've been calling it, uh, um, uh, cra- uh, not crack. Um, and uh, so these uh, meth. There we go. That's what I was looking for. So methamphetamines and uh, fentanyl. There has been a shortage of some of the chemicals that they need to produce that. And so here we go. Here's a quote from uh, one of the cooks. We have four or five weeks that certain types of ingredients do not arrive, and that has caused us to have the kitchens stop without us knowing when we are going to resume. Now, this is a fentanyl cook who operates for the Zambada faction, and uh, he agreed to talk to... um, Ivan about this uh, situation and so the information was also corroborated like any good journalist would do you would corroborate your story so Ivan goes to another cook who says yeah he says he claims to be independent um, but agreed that the lack of chemicals is at least four weeks old and that could have an origin in how difficult it is for them to get the products from their contacts in China um, he continues, this uh, this chef, um, who he's an independent cook, and they do call him chefs. This chef says, it's not the precursors that we need. Now, the precursors would be like the raw fentanyl that uh, is uh, brought over from uh, China. He says, it's not the precursors that we need. Those do continue to arrive. What the bosses are struggling to obtain are the chemicals such as acetic anhydride, and propanol chloride. Without those two chemicals, nothing can be done. Bursts the cook. <laughs> that was the. Bur- I guess that must have come in an outburst. Uh, the journalist uh, says burst of the cook. So dismayed, the gr- the drug cook makes the following analogy. You know these guys are pretty sharp. It is as if you wanted to make tortillas and you have the flour and the griddle and the gas or the firewood but you don't have the water. You know that without water, you'll not be able to do even anything, even when you have everything else. So um, it says here towards the end of the uh, article, um, we're again uh, an interview with one of these uh, chefs or cooks. He says, the only thing I can say is that those drugs are going to go up. If a few months ago producing a kilo of methamphetamine cost $200, now it's going to triple. If these products arrive, which must arrive, because the truth is that there is a lot of money involved in this 
business. No kidding. So even our supply chain is even hitting the meth cooks. So if anybody asks you, give me one good example of uh, a broken supply chain, um, it's going to slow down meth and uh, fentanyl coming into our country. And I, I probably, if you want to use it in another analogy, it's like turning the sink all the way on, full blast, and then just turning it down a little. I have a feeling that's uh, what this uh, shortage will look like. Instead of a gush of fentanyl and meth, it will be a smaller gush of fentanyl and meth, and the prices are going to go up. So I assume with prices going up in the drug world that uh, crime will also go up with that because it takes more money to buy the same drugs. And so going to do what you always do to get more money if you're a bad guy. All right, folks, y'all stay tuned, and I'm going to go over the, um, yeah, the parallels between uh, the tranny movement and the uh, time change movement. Y'all stay tuned. All right, folks, we are back. Thank you so much for staying tuned. Um, we maybe should have had done uh, uh, Controls of the Heart of the Sun. That, that would have been a, a good Pink Floyd lead-in to this uh, section. Um, and so so here, how, am I, how can I possibly tie in and show you the parallels between the tranny movement and the... Um, the time change movement that is moving, and by the way, this whole idea about, you know, either let's all go to daylight savings or let's, you know, not go to, let's take it all back to regular time, uh, daylight, I guess that's daylight wasting time, uh, I don't know, daylight savings, daylight wasting, wasting, whatever you want to call it, all right, uh, that is not new. Um, I have been going to the state uh, Republican conventions, I've gone to four, three of the last four state conventions and i remember the first one i went to and i saw these guys going around and their little handout and one pager had to do with either getting rid of uh daylight savings or switching us completely over to daylight savings and i remember just thinking we got people here that are talking about uh abortion we have people here that are talking about election integrity we have people here that are talking about lowering our taxes and in walks this yahoo who's worried about you know, where his clock is set. Now, I'm not being disrespectful. I, I get the arguments. I understand all the arguments. But that was eight years ago, and I remember thinking, you, you got to be what, – what, what in the world are you guys doing? Seriously, isn't there something more serious than this? Well, it continues to persist, and we've already seen talk out of uh, at, at the federal level, and uh, we're going to see talk um, in your county and state conventions. I know one of our regular listeners – sent me a resolution he's going to take to the Kirk County Precinct Convention. I encouraged him. I said it was a well-written um, well written uh, uh, proposal, and uh, and it was. He did a very good job of, of writing it and explaining it. It wasn't too long. It wasn't too short. Um, I did say, however, I would not vote for this, and, you know, that's fine. Um, it's I wasn't against. I wasn't, you know, I, I want him to go ahead and file it, but... Uh, I, I wouldn't vote for that one. And so it got me to thinking about this whole time switch uh, thing. So how do I tie that in with the tranny movement? Well, 
Let's uh, start out with what I have been saying for the last couple of weeks, uh, or even longer. There is no such thing as a transgendered person. It doesn't exist. All right? It does not exist. There is no such thing. You are either male, XY, or you're female, XX. And by the way, it wouldn't hurt folks that I know that's something you learned in the maybe the eighth grade biology, XXXY. You need to just kind of look at the two uh, sets of letters next to each other and you'll figure out which one is the male just by looking at them. It's the XY. All right. So just look at the XY and think of, yeah, XY is the male, XX is female. If you will remember that, that will help you in a lot of these discussions. XX and XY. By the way, that is immutable. What does that mean? That means it's unchangeable. That means you cannot do anything about that genetic makeup that is at the very basis of each molecule, each atom in your body, each molecule, not atom, each each um, each cell in your body. Let's get to organic chemistry. Each cell in your body has that identifying marker. You can take a cell a cell out of the tip of your finger. You can take a cell anywhere out of your body, inside, outside, pull out a cell, break it down, and it's either going to have XX or XY in the bay, in, in the bottom. Every single cell says you're either male or female. All right, let me go ahead and put the silly exception, the very, 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 very rare case of a human being who is born with three sex chromosomes that would be xxy and that is a thing all right it's been out there for a long time historically uh, there's been evidence of it um it is extremely rare all right so what is fixed here's what is fixed the xx and the xy is what is fixed now in this whole tranny movement, there's there's two parts of it. We have the fixed part, the unchangeable, the immutable part, which is the chromosomal signature. All right, we've got that. And the other end of that is the human brain. The human brain is very changeable. It's very flexible. Uh, it grows, it changes. Parts of it are working sometimes and parts of it aren't working sometimes. I raise my hand in confession of that. There are parts of my brain that shut down occasionally. Think about the human brain. I mean, it, it, this is where everything beautiful, everything, everything comes from our human brain. Picasso's brain, right? I mean, look at what he did. Look at Rembrandt's brain. How about let's go to music. Look at uh, look at uh, the brain of of of, of uh, Chopin, or I mean, what just amazing? Or Kanye West? Or well, all right, we'll skip that one. The brain of uh, you know any of music. This is where all this the beauty, the things we enjoy in life. Um, that are not the God. Well, I don't know. I'm not. I'm, don't don't uh, accuse me of not giving credit to God in this. All right, I am. I am completely giving credit to God. That's a given. But let's get back. So the brain is changeable. So when we hear the transgender movement say that we've got a conflict between the changeable and the unchangeable, and their solution to that is to mangle the unchangeable. All right? 
Let's think about that. You've got changeable versus unchangeable. The most logical answer to that is the changeable part of the brain, the spirit, the soul. That's flexible. It's even biblical. God talks about hardening of the heart, softening of the heart. All right? These are things that are flexible and changeable. You can repent. You can be a nasty person in your brain. You can be an evil person. You can prov- uh, you can change your ways. All of that happens in your brain and your heart. Right? All of that happens in your brain. Let's just keep it on a physical level. Um, all of that. So the changeable part is the brain, and yet we look at the tranny movement, and they insist that the brain is unchangeable, but that all of these other body parts are changeable. And, and, and those of us on the outside look at that and you think, how in the world could anybody even take their brain, take that idea and walk down the road with it? I, I don't see how you can. It, it, it's, there's a conflict between the mind or the brain and the physical, unchangeable, immutable body, the human body. Can you, uh, you, you can, you can destroy it. You can cut your arm off. You can, you can, I guess you could add things to it if you wanted to, but it's still, it, you're still not changing the human body. It is all, it, it, it's all just for show. It's all, uh, surface. You're not changing that XY into an XX no matter what you do. So I hope I've made my point that the, uh, the whole tranny thing is backwards because they are trying to change the unchangeable rather than changing the changeable part, the brain. All right, now let's take that to time zones. Are you ready? We're going to have a little quiz. We're going to have a little quiz sitting around the table. Um, just shout your answer out, of course, unless you are in uh, got the earplugs in and you're in church somewhere listening to this. Don't shout the answer out. But uh, go ahead and shout the answer out. We'll, we'll start easy. How many time zones are there in the uh, 48 states? All right, the lower 48. Oh, bam, Bob just messed that one all up. No, there's four. You got Eastern, Mountain, Central, and West. There you go. There's four of them. All right, four time zones. I got another good question for you. How many time zones in Russia? I think there's like seven. You know, I meant to look it up, and I didn't. I think it's seven, eight, seven, eight, maybe even nine time zones in Russia. Now, the next thing is, were those just randomly selected? Did... Did America just say, oh, we think we'll have four time zones? And uh, Russia just say, oh, we think we'll have, how many we got? Ten. No way. China, uh, Russia has 12 time zones. All right. So, uh, 10. All right. 10 time zones in Russia. Did they just randomly wake up, you know, 100 years ago and say, oh, let's divide the, uh, you know, we'll go with the uh, uh, European method. Uh, we'll do it, uh, divide it by 10 and give it 10 time zones. No, they didn't do that. All right, here's here's one that should be the easiest question, but I'll bet there's a couple of people out there that stumble over it. How many time zones are there in the world? All together, add up all the time zones. How many time zones are there in the world? Based on the hour, not the half hour. There's some half hour time zones. Based on the hour, yes, you probably guessed it. Are you are you kind of looking funny and saying 24? 24? Yeah, there has to be 24. We have 24 hours on the clock. At any given point in the time, uh, at any given point in time, there are 24 different time zones in the world. 
All right, because there is um, because there's 24 hours in a day. Now we could have divided that up, and we could have used 30 or 100 or 10 or anything, but we we did 24. That's worked for us pretty well. We have to do a little catching up every couple of years on our calendars because the 24 hours doesn't work out exactly right. We have 24 hours time zones around the world. Now, before before everybody was fancy schmancy with their uh, clocks and their nuclear timekeepers and the atomic clock and uh, all of that, do you know what? uh, It it all depended on where the sun was. All right? Now, you can't change that. That's unchangeable. You know what else you can't change? You can't change the fact that there's 24-hour 24 time zones in the world. You can't change that unless you completely change the way we measure time. That's not going to happen. So we measure time in the 24 hours per day. There's 24 time zones. All right? Unchangeable. Unmovable. Now, I would assume that when they first decided to do this, that someone said, well, you know, uh, the middle of the day is when the sun is at its zenith. There's a new word for you today, vocabulary word for the day, zenith. Zenith means it's at its highest point in the sky. Now, that's an imaginary point because it's going to be different for every person. Even if I'm standing next to Bob, um, there's going to be a difference of a few inches between that point directly overhead. That's not changeable. The middle of the day is the point directly overhead when the sun is directly overhead. The hours before that that you have sunlight are equal to the hours after you have that sunlight, uh, that uh, zenith. So if we're at a 12-hour day, um, which we're very close to a 12-hour day right now. Um, I think we're a little bit less than a 12-hour day. And so, but the deal is in that you've, so you've got six hours before noon and six hours afternoon. It's the point right between, in the middle, between sunrise and sunset. It is the point that is directly overhead at noon. So if you want a time zone that makes the most sense, all right, and again, people are wanting to change the time zone, which is really, folks, it's really unimmutable. It really is unchangeable. Right, it really is. When when the sun is directly overhead, that's noon. All right. When it's directly on the opposite side of the planet, that's midnight. So whatever time, whether it's daylight savings or whatever, my my proposal would be to set the time zones in the United States so that the middle of the day, noon, is when the sun is directly overhead. That is, listen, those of you who are into, like, natural and organic, that's natural. That's organic. The middle of the day, that is when the sun is directly overhead. You have an equal amount of time from sun up to the middle of the day as you do from the middle of the day to sun down. So anybody that wants to mess with that, because that's natural, right, and it's unchangeable, Let's now take a look at the human brain, because when I started talking to those people uh, eight years ago at the state convention, when I first went, they said, well, it's a, I could never get a reasonable answer out of them. All I ever got was, well, it's a hassle. We have to go forward every year, and then we have to go back in the fall, and it confuses everything, and my animals don't get fed at the same time as they did before. Well, yeah, that you, you can arrange it so that the animals get fed at the same time. 
It's you. It's you that has to change. It's your head that is the changeable part. It's your brain that is the changeable part. You, you can't mess with the daylight. You you can't change. You cannot change the fact there's 24 hours in the day. You cannot change the fact that when the sun is directly overhead, that is the middle of your day. We should call it 12 noon. There's an equal amount of time before that till the sunrise and an equal amount of time after that. So those of you who would rather change the time zone and rather jack around with what is natural and 100% easily to recognize common sense, dare I use that word, you can't change that. But you can change the way your brain takes a look at it. I would think, uh, listen, I, I, I like the time zone. I like the time change in the fall. I don't like it in the spring because I like that extra hour. What can I say? I can get in a half in a, of another bad 1950s sci-fi movie when we, uh, you know, fall back. Um, and so I just want to put that out there that the time zones should be set up so that the sun is directly overhead at noon. And I think we just need to leave it that way year-round. And if you have to adjust your brain or your working schedule, that's easier to adjust than the position of the sun in the sky or the rotation or the revolution of the planet and the rotation of the planet Earth. All right. I hope that made sense. Y'all stay tuned, folks. We're going to be right back with 4-H. What in the world is going on with 4-H? Y'all stay tuned. Folks, we are back. Yep, you heard it right. 4-H. 4-H is going woke. Got a, a copy of an email one of our listeners here uh, sent to the head of the 4-H. When they saw this uh, website, you can just go to 4, 4-H.org and uh, go to their About tab. And right there, diversity, equity, and inclusion in 4-H. It says, for more than 100 years, 4-H has been the nation's leading youth organization to welcome young people of all beliefs and backgrounds, giving youth voice to express who they are and how they make their lives and communities better. Equity in 4-H. Access, equity, diversity, and inclusion are essential elements of 4-H's goals related to positive youth development and organizational sustainability. Ooh, ooh, organizational sustainability. In other words, they're saying that they've got to do uh, equity, diversity, and inclusion in order for their organization to stand, to continue to exist. I would like to argue that it's the very opposite of that. In fact, uh, the uh, listener who wrote the letter um, said that uh, by bringing in this uh, philosophy, you will destroy 4-H. All right. Um, as a system, cooperative extension 
believes that diverse perspectives, values, and beliefs helps help generate better ideas to solve the complex problems of a changing and increasingly diverse world. So let's ask about that. Disperse, it said they believe that diverse perspectives uh, help generate better ideas. So they're going to accept anything and everything, right? So, you know, you could save a whole lot of money if you uh, didn't feed the cows, right? Yeah, just have them drink water. You got water out there? Water, the cows can uh, drink water, and uh, we'll put them out in that uh, dusty uh, field out there. Um, that that is a um, that that you could say that's a diverse perspective. Now, of course, someone older and wiser will say, <laughs> Matt, uh, no, the cows have to eat. And I could say, well, what are you not respecting my diverse perspective? That's my perspective that cows don't eat to eat; they just need uh, they just need water. All right. I know that's a ridiculous example, but that's how this works. Oh, and then here we go. 4-H extensions, commitment to social justice. Social justice, 4-H. Listen, I was not in 4-H. I was always jealous of those blue jackets. I believe they were a blue corduroy jacket with the yellow the yellow trim on there. I went through a corduroy space uh, time in my life, and I get it. But, uh, yeah, I always wanted one of those blue corduroy uh, jackets with the gold thing in it. But then I found out it's uh, it's um, uh, it's kind of like, um, yeah, it's uh, no no more. I lost complete track of what I was saying. I got a funny text. Y'all don't, Kathy, don't do that to me. No, thank you for doing that, actually. Um, the... Social justice, where in the world has that to do with 4-H? And I knew where I was going. I, I don't know, except that the 4-H I know helped with the uh, those uh, the, the kids who grew up on the farms and the ranches, and they helped them do their shows and their pigs and all of that. That was the thing when I was at that age. Uh, it was showing pigs. My uh, good friend Kevin James, man, I was so jealous. He got to show pigs, and he had ribbons and and trophies on his wall, and and uh, yeah, I, I had a pig once. It didn't live long. That's a story for another day. And uh, so, but what does social justice have to do with 4-H? I don't understand this. This 4-H extension system initiative focuses on understanding implicit bias, cultural competency, social justice development, and youth development. All right, I I I, I'm, I don't know what to do. If your child is in 4-H, there's a couple of things you can do. You can do what most parents I've been hearing from in the Hill Country. Well, my 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 son or daughter's only got two years left in in school, and I, I'm not going to make any more waves. You know, I'm just I'm just going to get let them get through. All right. How many of the 4-H parents out there are going to be listening to this story and say, oh, thank you so much. My my kid's a junior and and oh, oh we're just going to ride this out. It'll be done it before I, my kids get out of school that, that this won't be. This is not ever going to come to the hill country anyway. Right. I mean, that's what they yeah, see. That's not going to come to the hill country and my kids will be out soon. So I, I'm going to ignore this, folks. We're in this mess for that very reason. We're in this mess because of because people are afraid to stand up. Everybody's afraid of losing their place. 
in society, losing your place in that line that you've been standing at, move, losing your place at church. You know, you, if you stand up on this, they might just take your pew away. You show up next Sunday and you're in that, that uh, third pew on the left side from the back and you sit, that, that pew will just be gone because you spoke up, right? And so that's what people are afraid of. And, yes, I'm giving you a hard time about it because it's time some of y'all woke up. I know Tara, who has been taking this uh, this uh, pornography in the schools in Fredericksburg, you would not believe the harassment she is getting. You would not believe it. And I know some of you are sitting home saying, yep, that's exactly why I don't want to get involved because people in the community will stand up. They'll, they might say nasty things about me. This is how we got here, and if you want this path to continue, then just sit at home, keep your mouth shut, get your kids out of school, and you don't have to worry about it. All right? Go ahead. Continue in that attitude. But don't come to me when you're, you know, 20 years from now and say, Matt, how did we get into this situation? I'm telling you, we got into it now because we we didn't want to pick the weeds. We've got this fine crop out there, and we just don't want to go out and pick the weeds. We say, well, you know, if they get a little bit bigger, then it's easier for me to grab them and pull them out. You know, when they're this small, if I go out, I can't really use a hoe. They're too small. So I'm going to wait for them to get a little bit bigger. And, you know, some of those weeds, when they get big enough, it doesn't matter how hard you try to pull or dig. They're, it's, they're hard to get out. Think about those thistles in the front yard. Man, Lord have mercy, though, when those thistles come out every spring, and I haven't yet found the product that will keep them there. People tell me there's something there, some pre this or pre that, and you put it out there and the thistles won't come up. Well, I'm not very good at that. And uh, so, yeah, I actually go out and dig the thistles up in the spring, turn them over and let their roots, uh, let them exposed where their roots died to the uh, trade to the sun. Do that before they uh, flower. And I think I get a little bit of headway every year. Plus, I get out and get some sun. 4-H going woke. You got to pull those weeds right now. Even if your kid is 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 one year away from graduating, and you don't want to, met, folks, it is the time for good people to stand up. In fact, it's almost past time for good people to stand up. You're like getting to the party really late, but we're going to welcome you in because you need to be here. You need to be participating. You need to be standing up to these things. Even if your child is a senior in the 4-H, you need to take this and go to your local 4-H person, pull up that website, and sit down with the local head of the 4-H and ask them, how are you going to implement this in the Hill Country? Are you going to implement it? What are you going to do to increase equity and diversity inclusion in 4-H in the Hill Country? What are you going to do about social justice in the Hill Country? Is that even a job of 4-H? And if your local 4-H person is all gung-ho for this stuff, get your kids out of 4-H. You're going to get enough indoctrination as they go along. And if you're, by the way, if you're one of these people who's in charge of 4-H in the Hill Country, one of these who is uh, maybe an executive with 4-H, I would welcome you in the studio anytime, anytime to come sit down and tell us what you're going to do. Do you stand with what 4-H is doing nationwide? Are you going to go with it? 
Are you going to cut your ties with them and create something else? You need to find out because your local 4-H is going to pot. It's going to Satan, and it's uh, it'll it will cease to exist unless you decide to get involved. Um, let us see. Let's go to. I'm still in Ecclesiastes, um, and it's. Uh, Let's see, here we go. Let me try one. I'm in Ecclesiastes 12. I'm right at the very end. That's where he's talking about, remember also your creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near when you will say, I have no delight in him. Um, And so it says, remember him, he's talking to God, before the silver cord is broken and the golden bowl is crushed and the pitcher by the well is shattered and the wheel at the cistern is crushed. Then the dust will return to the earth as it was, and the spirit will return to God who gave it. Um, I guess that's a passage of time. That's exactly what is, what's going on there. All right, folks, uh, y'all stay tuned. I'm sure that, uh, that Lorraine has uh, got all kinds of good stuff for you lined up. I know she always does. Um, can't wait to get to her party tomorrow night. And uh, it's what? There you go. All right. We'll see you all tomorrow night at the party with Lorraine. Party with Lorraine.